Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. Hello, Anne. Hey, how's it going? Hey, we have a guest guest with us today. Yeah, a gift and a guest. A gift. She is a gift because we looked long and hard for someone like Suzanne Meek. Hi, Suzanne. Hi there. So Suzanne is our director of HR. And where'd you come from? LexisNexis. Wow, we're grateful to have you. Yes, I am grateful to be here. Two weeks? We're a third week. Okay. Third week on the job. So a lot of change. Lots of change. Because we're going to talk about change. Today. Yes. So what's going on in your life that's different, Anne? Well, um, if those of you that have been following, I have two incoming freshmen. So my twins are going to be freshmen in high school, and that's a very big Boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. And it's it's, um, almost on overload, but they're going to start soon, and then I think I'll be um, a a little more even. So that's my big change. Now, are they freshmen now going in their sophomore year? No, they're coming out of eighth grade, oh, going into high school. So ouch. they were in a K-8 school where they've been nine years. So this is a whole new experience. So how about your change? Yeah, so I'm like a grandfather now, Woo. which is way beyond my thought process. <laughs> I'm not really sure, it, but it's it's probably one of the neatest experiences I've ever had. Uh, and uh, it's terrific. I love it. Yeah. So there's good change and there's bad. I mean, I think all the things we just talked about were positive change, but it's still very, very stressful. How about you, Suzanne? Um, well, I have a new job. <laughs> I know. I'm more glad. <laughs> and that's a change, a big change for both me and for you guys and for my family. So big change. And learning that I don't like being new, right? <laughs> so that's... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's different, too. I think what's interesting, you know, obviously we have personal lives and we have our roles inside the organization. And my dad has always said, um, you know, people don't like change. And if you think change is hard, just try to change yourself. And I think great leaders understand that as economies change, as generations change, as your role changes, we, all, we have to change. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think about that often because I'm a person who doesn't like the same thing every day. I don't like routine. If you spend any time around me, you'll know that. But I only like the changes that I can control. So there's that level too, right? Is changes that come at you where you feel like you can't do anything about it. That's it's stressful, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So what about changing your life? So you came here, you had this big experience from Lexus and right. then you come to little old McGowan Braybender. Right. But, you know, learning people, their names, how to go, the, you know, where the bathroom is, <laughs> not learning how to go, yeah. <laughs> you know, where the bathroom is. And, you know, learning the differences, what you guys already do and where I can make my mark and what I just need to continue. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's all change. And it, it's it's stressful, but good stress, right? It's a good stress, but you also... You know, you question yourself and, you know, coming from somewhere for quite a number of years and then going new, it's, you know, okay. Now, <laughs> what else now is there what? To learn? Yeah. And so you have yeah. a background in organizational development, Correct. which involves really most of the time change inside of an organization, right? Right. So talk to me a little bit about, about that. 
So I've, I've been listening to your side effects and you've kind of delved in a lot of that, you know, going into when any anything is new in a company, how do you communicate differently um, that change? How do you get people motivated to, to make that change? And it's all of that. And are you sure about the change that you want to make? And have you really thought about it and you know, what that change is going to bring so co- for the company? So coach me. Yeah. So let, let's just say I'm, I'm new to McGowan Brave Ender and you're in HR and I don't want to change. Why should change be important to me? Well, it depends on what the change is. Yeah. And, um, and, and we have to get to that. Why is it important for you to change and how is it going to benefit you and how is it going to benefit McGowan Brave Bender? So I think a lot of times, too, yeah. I mean, one is, wouldn't you agree, most people don't want to, either they're stubborn, yeah. right? right. Uh, they could be delusional, which is really dangerous. Right. Uh, Ann and I are a lot alike. We're we're kind of manic, so we're, we're like our drug of choices change. <laughs> right. Is that fair? Right, right. Something yeah. new every ten right, minutes right. is perfectly yeah. fine. And for an organization, that can kind of be archaic. Yes. And then you sit in the middle, and you have to manage all of that. Right. The manic and, so, and some of it's too much, right? Some sometimes employees are like, "I'm not going to change because they're going to change their mind," and so yeah. I'm going to continue doing what I've always done. And and we see that both in our prof- personal lives and professional lives, and so. What, what are they motivated to change and what's going to help them and what's easy and what's not easy to change? There's you know, all of that. Yeah. So a quick question for you. So I, I have a big corporate experience before coming here as well. And there's a few ways that companies make change inside of an organization. One is they send out a, a memo or an edict and say, this is the new way. And there's no other communication. Right. right. So do it or else. And then there's other organizations that do it a little bit here and there, and they they do it slowly. So what are some things to look at when you think about change? Let's just say you're changing one policy inside of an organization. I mean, what have you found that's worked really well? What have you found that's that's like a off off limits in terms of introducing change to a, an organization? Yeah, there's there's a lot of background work that has to happen and understanding where is the organization organization at now and getting their buy-in. What what do other people want to see change? And and getting their feedback and doing a lot of pre-planning before you ever sit there and send out the communication in regards to here's what's changing. Because you need to have the the early adopters and the people that have those innovative ideas aligned ahead of time. And so then when you then finally make the change, the organization is even more ready. And yeah, then we're kind of, yeah. we're, we're, we had a history, uh, and thanks for bringing that up, yeah. because one of the things, especially with people like Ann and I, is, hey, um, we're, we're going here. <laughs> Have this idea. Let's yeah. try this. And then all of a sudden we get there and we turn around and like, no, no nobody's it's just us. you and I. <laughs> I that's not leadership, no, right? No. Right. That's just right. blazing a trail yeah. and taking off as fast as you can. And it really even thinking about the Affordable Care Act. So 2010, McGowan, Braybender, we're a broker. What's going to happen with this 25,000 pages of legislation? Where are we going to arrive to? And what does that change look like? Which, quite frankly, freaked not only our industry out, but all of our people right. out. What am I going to am I going to have a job? If I have a job, what is it going to look like? Right. And then how do you unpack that in a reasonable way with pace that gives people time to catch up? Yeah. So sometimes you have to change fast, but fast is okay as long as it's been thought out and planned Correct. is what you're saying. Yep. And so do you think that sometimes people don't change because they confuse um, busy you know, like I'm busy or the customers are happy or the customers won't accept change. And so we're just going to keep doing it this way. Like they fail to have that 
foresight to look ahead? Right. That's some of it. And sometimes, like for the Affordable Care Act, they fail to change because they don't even know how they have to change or what, what they have to do. So there's a there's a knowledge gap. And so, therefore, they don't even know the first step and what should they, what should they do first. And, you know, putting it out in chunks in regards to here's the first thing and the second thing and the third thing and making it much more, you know, digestible and actually then, you know, yeah, so a lot of people then just kind of stuck their, their head in the sand and let their ears fill with sand. Complacency. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm not even sure it's com- – I think it's just, quite frankly, that legislation, it just overwhelmed people overwhelmed. and they became paralyzed. Right. Like I hope it, I hope it goes away. I hope it goes – kind of like in school when you're sitting there and you're a little kid and you're like, if I don't look at the teacher, they won't call on me because I don't know the answer. No eye contact. Right. No eye contact and then it won't happen. What's you the know- biggest Su- – Suzanne, what's the biggest change you've ever made in your life? Um, wow. Uh, I think new jobs, moving, having a child. I think probably having children probably was the biggest change, going from no children to having a child. So, you know, yeah. as a male, that was really complicated for me. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ann? Yeah, I would say that probably having my kids, so having going from zero to two um, overnight was a big deal. That was a big, big change. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting you bring that up because I watch Courtney and her daughter with our grandson now, Jackson, and I'll watch her and her husband take care of Jackson. And I told Lori, I'm like, did we do all this stuff? And then, <laughs> of course, she was like, yes. Uh, but obviously, my wife was a lot more involved in that than I was. And I'm sure. I mean, I was a good father and I helped. But uh, gosh, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And I think that part of your brain doesn't remember all of that hard work or else our planet would die out because (laughs) women would not have more children if they could remember how difficult it was to raise them. Matter of fact, I think if men could have children, it would be like a national holiday when one did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be every day of the year. I'm up for an all year round party. So yeah. Um, but it's big. It's big change. It is a lot of change. And so you think about how you dealt with it then. You dealt with it. I mean, you planned ahead for nine months. There's a zillion books on how to have a baby. There's a book about every day of the right. year about, you know, what to expect the first year, what to expect the second year. And it goes by month. I mean, if you're a mother or a father and you've read those books, it's all that planning. Yeah. Right. And so it talks about it. But but they do in chunks. Right. The what to expect when you're expecting does it in chunks. And that makes it much more digestible again. And I think that's what's really important. Do the little things. Do one thing at a time. You know, chip away at it. Sometimes it's just easier to... to There's a great TED Talk, and I'll find it, and we'll put it on healthierbirthdays.com. But it was actually a person that talked about... Because a lot of us, we want magnificent change in our lives. The issue is, um, whether it be we watch reality TV or our reference base is somebody else we look to or admire... We want instant gratification. We want change immediately. And change comes in small pieces. Yes. Right. Especially like for an organization. Well, and so to your point, sometimes when big change is introduced inside of an organization, um, the leaders might want a big return. They might, might want sales to go up immediately. They might want net profits to go up because of that change. And understanding when that change is going to kick in and what the results of that change are going to be is really important. That's hard, for I think, sometimes for business leaders, especially those who are investing their own dollars, because most change comes with a price tag, whether it's 
employees that are, you know, spending more time doing something else now and they're not as productive or buying a new piece of equipment or a new building. So we talked about so we talk a lot out at Aileron and we've brought Mark Thompson in as a guest and there's something he says I really like. If you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. <laughs> yeah. So if you think about a company like Kodak, right? So they were the first company that actually had the technology for the digital camera. And it sat in the in the droves of their company in research and development for years and years and years. And because they were drunk on the fact that uh, their profitability was in film, which when's the last time you bought a roll of film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they lost. I mean, not only that, but they were really smart. So they saw change, but they didn't execute on change. Right. And so one of the things that I was reading about um, recently was something called the innovator's dilemma. And what they were talking about is that when companies have a new technology, sometimes um, when they look at that, fast is mistaken for failure because they're not sure if the market's ready for it or not. So they don't do it. And so um, if they've done something and they brought something to market before anyone else, that's what I mean by fast. So we'll call that first. And it doesn't take off right away. Then they just abandon the idea and they don't come back to it. And I think that that's a perfect example of that. And there's a whole book written about it. Again, it's called The Innovator's Dilemma, talking about people who have ideas and they don't do anything with them. Yeah. So Suzanne, we keep talking. Right. So when you you talk about change like coming into McGowan Braybender. And I think one of the things that we would encourage you to really think about is inside every organization, people say these five five words, that's not the way we do things around here. So (laughs) how do we empower you and give you the courage to go out and say, hey, MB has to change. We've hired a a terrific resource with a lot of expertise. Um, How do you combat that? I think you ask why, and you ask how, how did you how did you get there, and it, you know maybe it's not time for some of that change. If they're like, hey, we don't want to change that now, you have to kind of find where is the energy, where is the energy level, where where do you find that employees are like, this does need to change, and no one's listened, and and I think that's what you focus on first. At least for me, in my first you know ninety days, that's what I plan to do. Is where is that energy, and what does need to be brought up to to your level, Scott, and talk about here's what I'm hearing and here's what I think employees would like us to look at and change and then you do that and there's energy around it but there is a reason if they're like hey we don't want to change this I think why 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 is it working and maybe deal with that later um yeah I think a lot of times too at least when I'm hearing in this conversation which I just love this open dialogue is a lot of times we change um because either our competitors are doing something different or personal changes because something happened in my family. I guess at the end of the day, it's around planning for change. Yes. And we don't plan. We're very reactionary. We have to change because of this. Right. We have to change because of that. I don't think that we're really intentional about building change in our lives for the future self or future organization. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. So anybody have any friends that are planners out there um, that plan everything, that schedule everything? I mean, I know I, I do. Um, and they're planning for everything. And so I always say to them, you're like missing your whole life. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> and so there's there's a balance, right? You don't you, you probably need um, both. You need some spur of the moment things. You need a lot of planning. And when you're talking about business and people's lives and people's financial livelihood, it makes sense to plan. Um, and most of what we do with our clients involves change. 
almost everything we do involves change, whether it's just a simple change to their benefits, if it's a change to how we're communicating with them, um, or if we're asking their employees to do something big, like getting involved or engaged in their own health. Most of what we're doing involves change. So if you were going to meet somebody inside MB that's reluctant to change, how, how would you have that conversation? How would you unpack that with them? I'd, I'd find out what's important to them and get to know them on a personal level because I think change starts at the personal level Excellent. and see what they would be willing to change um, and, and maybe not even pose it as change. You know, what have, what have you wanted to, to see better about yourself? Make it more positive. I think we tend to, to harp on the negative instead of here's what can can be positive. And the other thing is I think there's a lot of social norms out there that can help. You know, if they see coworkers or their leaders doing the things that we all should be doing, I think that makes a world of difference too. Gotcha. So, and and there's yeah. actual research on it. Like you, you take hotels, for example, that ask if you would reuse your, um, you know, your linens again. They've done studies that have said that if they just say, hey, you know, would you be willing to reuse your linens versus we have about 50% of our of our guests that are, you know, reusing their linens. If you if you tag that on both, they are more likely 70% of the time if they're able to say other people are doing it right. to see the changed behavior. Well, so if you're if you're changing that behavior, you know, and so you're seeing it. And that's yeah. funny. So I have a personal confession to make. Um, I always choose no. I wouldn't re- and I'm I'm as green as it comes. I don't use Roundup in my yard. I don't like chemicals. I buy organic. But when they ask me if I would reuse my towels, I'm like, heck no, I'm not going to reuse my towels. I paid a lot of money for this hotel room. And that's one of my benefits of being on vacation is I don't have to use my towel twice, right? But if what you just said out loud, it immediately made me have a feeling that I would reuse. I mean, immediately I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, better. Everyone else is doing it. I'll do it too. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I think one of the things, too, that that I really like what you had to say around trying to make a a personal connection, because I think also from 30,000 feet as an organization, this is what we're going. We need every we need everybody on board immediately, like just step on board. So even inside the walls of McGowan Braybender through change, we told people verbally we're on a quest for naysayers, bystanders and victims because our company can only afford believers. Now, we know inside of every organization, you're not going to have 70, 80 percent engagement. We feel like we have a high engagement rate, Mm -hmm. but we also have to be able to tell people, look, just because um, we want you to do this and you don't want to, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just there's maybe a different organization for you. Right. And that'll be a challenge for you, Suzanne. But but sometimes that's the conversation to have. I mean, I don't think we're going to the same organization is for everyone and that that's a great motivator they might they might have other dreams in other places so that's a hard conversation we certainly don't want that to happen at you know any company any of my hr colleagues at any company they would like to keep employees but sometimes they're just not in the right job or the right company yeah i was like what dave always says is look 20% of the people will do whatever you ask them to do every single day mm-hmm. 20% of the people will do nothing you ask them to do and it's the it's really that 60% that are available for that change. And you said that something even more powerful, which we talked about kids and growing up, is people most often do what they see versus what they hear. Yeah. So if I need change, how do I get leadership and collective energy inside the building for other people yeah. to say, well, if they're doing it, 
and I guess that's okay. Yeah. Behavior follows attitude. And sometimes we think it's the other way around. But behavior follows attitude. Like you think about like when you're a kid and your mom says or your dad, turn off the lights. Right. It's not you're not turning off the lights because you think that it's good for the environment. It's a you know, habit. Right. right. And so you grow up with the lights turning off. So behavior follows attitude. Yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, yeah. like I'll go home and all the lights are on. My kids moved out, but they'll come <laughs> home for like a day and all the lights are on. And I'm like tick, but for years my dad would say, "Turn the lights off," yeah. and I'm like, "Why? Like big deal? Why?" Well, now I know. Yeah, that's so funny. And you know, I'm not I'm not professionally trained in in change or behavior organization behavior. What do we call that? Organizational behavior. Thank you, organizational <laughs> behavior, like you are. Um, but I bring this back to a quick story for my clients when high deductible health plans first came out and employers wanted to offer those side-by-side side with a PPO, I had many of my employers say, well, we're going to offer these, but I'm going to still take the PPO plan. And I was like, so you want all your employees to enroll in the HSA, but you're not going to take it. I said, that's fine, but when they ask you what plan you enrolled in, you tell them it was the HSA <laughs> because I can't get all your employees to do it if they know you didn't. And so... It's just a natural thing. You're right. Is people do what they see. Yeah. Those early adopters and the leaders that are early adopters are key. So where's the healthy balance? So you've got people like Ann and Scott who want to change right. every day. <laughs> uh, and then um, you've got people that don't want to change. And then obviously being in human resources. So you're around all these personalities. How do you help us not go too fast what? for people? And then how do you make sure that you're nudging the people that don't want any change. Right. I think I think small change is the key and having a you know a light at the end of the tunnel here's where we're going to go and how are we going to get there and it really have a plan uh, to say here are our you know checkpoints and what we're going to do is very important and don't muddy the water. You know, have, you know, maybe one or two things that you're working towards and focused on and and as you make progress you move you move towards those you know, kind of checkpoints. Excellent point. I think one of the things, too, that we've always encouraged people to do is inside of change, you need to build stationary horizons. Mm -hmm. So things that you can see. Because a lot of times you'll say, look, I want... I want a big house. I want a family. I want my kids to go to college. I want this. I want that. I want that. I want that. And it's so far off into the distance right. that you can't make the incremental steps. And what you need is you need a stationary horizon, an event that you can see mm-hmm. that's actually possible and obtainable. And celebrating those wins, celebrating right. those every checkpoint so that you can kind of look back and say, see what you've done instead of just waiting until the very end. Yeah. It's very important. And so I'll bring this back to my kids because I said at the beginning of the podcast, they're going to be freshmen in high school. And everyone who has had high schoolers that have gone before me have said, it goes so fast. It's in a blink of an eye. Don't blink your eye. And I believe that. And so I have actually started to put together a four-year plan for my kids' high school years so I can not miss the things I need to be paying attention to. Like, I want to enjoy it versus just complain about, you know, driving them around when I'm, you know, trying to be from here to there and, and everywhere. And so I've, I'm actually planning it with small, I'm doing it by quarter. 
of oh, ouch if i was your kid i would i would throw <laughs> in my mouth it's for me it's for me it's i get not, it not for them i got it it's so i i think it's beautiful it's yeah. so I can oh yeah from it. your side it's beautiful so yeah. they they're gonna do their own planning it's for me it's mom's plan of how to enjoy it so poor, anyway that's, that's poor kids that. just let them go Aww. just let them go they have a lot of freedom for 14 year olds they're 14 i keep saying you know what you're not a little adult you're a child know your place exactly that's my parental advice enjoy the moments and <laughs> And here's the other thing. And and don't worry if you have a setback or you have a failure. You know, regroup, figure out what you do differently and move forward. I mean, those are great learnings. Um, I think sometimes we learn much more from our failures than our successes. And the, the, the key is, is to get back on that bike or whatever analogy you want to use, but just to sit there and say, what do we do differently and move forward? Yeah. At the end of the day, they say life's a wonderful teacher and she rarely gets an apple on her desk. Mm-hmm. And the apples are normally our pain. And that's where we learn. So, Suzanne, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Pain, um, ch- change is a big deal. One thing that I really heard that I really liked is celebrate this organizationally. Is we all have these aspirational lifts of where we want to be, uh, and we're emphatic about it. Sometimes we just need to stop and say, "Well done, well done." So, we'll put information out on healthierbirthdays.com. If you've got comments, you can um, contact me at Scott at Healthier birthdays.com or or ann at healthierbirthdays.com and we really appreciate you listening thanks again suzanne for being here have a terrific day thanks for listening and opening your mind if you're interested in learning more you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com or ann at healthierbirthdays.com we hope you'll join us next time on On Side side effects. effects